Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. On today's episode, we're talking about Quinn Ewers and how Steve Sarkeesian can do his best to make sure that his young quarterback is comfortable early in the season through play calling. We'll also talk about where I expect Quinn Ewers to be after each three-game set in the season. Also, we'll talk about some individual games, which I think will be key to see where Quinn Ewers is at with his development. And then last but not least, we're talking about my breakout player for this season, who Keandre Coburn has said may be the best defensive player on this team, and that is Byron Murphy. But before we get there, Locked On Longhorns, our YouTube channel is about 95 subscribers away from 2,000. Our goal was 2,000 by September 1st and 3,000 by the end of the football season, and we are on track to reach those goals because of you all. So if you're watching this right now and you have not subscribed, please subscribe. Uh, once again, we are trying to get to 2000 and thank you to everyone who has watched, listened, liked, subscribed or supported since January 31st. We could not do this without you. So when asked about why Steve Sarkeesian named Quinn Ewers the starter at his media availability today, this is being recorded uh, at one o'clock on the dot on Monday. Steve Sarkeesian said Quinn Ewers provided the ability to make all the throws in our system. He's got playmaking ability. And he's got natural passing ability. But with all that being said, we've talked a lot on this show about how Quinn Ewers is a redshirt freshman and essentially is a true freshman because his redshirt experience at Ohio State probably wasn't great for the development of a young quarterback. And then immediately after he comes right back uh, and transfers to a new school and is learning a new system. So um, as Sark said in his own words, the Ohio State experience was kind of a wash. And so although he's got the talent, all of the talent in the world, we know this is one of the, uh, you know, most storied high school uh, quarterbacks in the state of Texas of all time. One of the most talented, um, as evidenced by his number one rating in the 2021 class. Um, there's still a mental aspect to this game. There's a mental aspect to playing the quarterback position. And I think that's why most of us expect that there's going to be some growing pains early on. Uh, but Steve Sarkeesian is the quarterback whisperer, right? He's a great offensive coach. And I think there's some things he can do play calling wise to make sure that Quinn Ewers is as comfortable as possible and limit those growing pains early on in the season. And I think the biggest way to do that, what I'm about to talk about, is through run pass options, play actions, and bootlegs. Really shortening what Quinn Ewers has to look at, simplifying what Quinn Ewers has to look at as far as his progressions and his reads, and ultimately threatening the defense with the best offensive player in the country, which is B. John Robinson. So let's talk about the run pass option, which I think is going to be really key for a young quarterback. And I think Steve Sarkeesian saw this a while back. We heard in the spring that they were really focusing on the play action pass and run pass options. And I think this is because he knew that one, he could utilize, um, you know, Quinn Ewers, different arm talent and arm angles through the RPOs. But also, this is the best way to keep a young quarterback comfortable, because not only does it consistently threaten the defense with the threat of the run, but two, it simplifies your reads and your progressions, because instead of reacting to the entire defense, now you're only reacting to one or two players. When you threaten the defense with the inside or outside zone with B. John Robinson, when you put the ball in B. John Robinson's belly, the defense has one or two decisions to make, right? They, they either are going to play up on the run and come down, crash the run to stop B. John Robinson, which would allow Quinn Ewers to pull the ball out of B. John Robinson's belly on the run pass option and then hit all of those talented receivers and tight ends behind those linebackers and safeties that played up. 
or if they don't overreact to the best player in the country getting the ball, then you leave it in his belly and you let Bijan Robinson make plays, which is never a bad thing for this Texas offense. So I think if Quinn Ewers is still struggling with his progressions in his reads, you simplify his progressions in his reads and what he has to react to. Instead of reacting to the whole defense, you react to one or two players. If they come down, you hit the ball behind them. If they don't come down, you give it to B. John Robinson and let B. John Robinson be B. John Robinson. So I think that's one way to keep your young uh, young quarterback comfortable early on is simplify what not only what he's looking at, but simplify what he has to react to and change the numbers by threatening the defense with B. John Robinson getting the ball. Continuing on that same theme, play action passes do the same thing, right? play action the ball, change the numbers on the defense, have them come down with the threat of stopping the run, and then hit the ball behind them. We know that the play action pass is a key component of Sark's offenses, right? It was at USC, Alabama, and now it's going to be Washington, and now it's going to be at Texas as well. And we know this team wants to run the ball, be a power run team, and run through a lot of 12 personnel with two tight ends on the field. And I think now, especially with the receiving options you have at the tight end position with Jaleel Billingsley and JT Sanders, and then the deep threats you have in a Brennan Thompson and an Xavier Worthy, and just receivers that can make plays all over the field, I think the play action pass is going to be even more key. But once again, what it does is, is when you put that ball in B. John Robinson's belly, it either forces defenders to come up or it freezes them. And if those defenders don't come up or if they come down or they're frozen, that gives you the ability to attack the gaps behind them with a very talented quarterback in Quinn Ewers and very talented receivers such as Xavier Worthy and company. So we saw probably the biggest and best play of the orange and white game was when uh, Quinn Ewers hit the play action pass uh, on that post route to Isaiah Nayar for a 67 yard touchdown. And I think you're going to see a lot of that this season because once again the threat of giving Bijan Robinson the ball just simply changes the numbers for the defensive side and I think that this is going to be a big part of the offense nonetheless but I think Sark is going to have to lean a lot more on the run game early and lean a lot more on the play action game early for Quinn Ewers really making things simple and so he's ready to just dominate uh, defenses on his own with his arm which I don't think we're too far away from either given his natural talent and then the bootlegs, if you saw in the open practices, the clip from uh, the, the bootlegs, they worked on a lot. But the clip of him coming out and throwing the deep touchdown uh, to Brennan Thompson, that was a bootleg. And once again, it comes back to simplifying what your young quarterback has to read and react to. So off of the bootleg, you're shortening the field. If you do a play action bootleg and come to the right of the field, you've completely walled off the left side of the field. Right. And now Quinn Ewers is specifically looking at the right side of the field and maybe making three reads at the most, right? He's going to come off that play action bootleg. And we know Kasark is going to dial one up and we know Quinn Ewers, he's a gunsling. His first read is going to be that deep route. And if he feels like he can put it on him, he will. And if he can't, Sark is going to have to trust Quinn Ewers to come to his next read, which is probably going to be somewhere in that intermediate part of the field. If that's not there, Sark is going to have to trust his young quarterback to, you know, come off that read and either check the ball down, make a play with his legs, or throw the ball away and, you know, live to fight another now. But if you simplify the the offense by doing a bootleg, shortening the field, and only having him read and react to what's on the right side of the field, the chances of him having to go through all of these progressions you're limiting 
the chances of him making a mistake you're limiting because it's very defined. Okay, here, 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 throw the ball away. And I think those are some things that you can do to make a young quarterback comfortable because they all really involve changing the numbers on the defense by threatening them with B. John Robinson or that great stable of running backs you have. And it looks like now uh, Roshan Johnson and all of them will be available week one. So that's great news for a young quarterback in Quinn Ewers. And then I think another thing is, is dial up some deep shots early. This is a player in Quinn Ewers who wants to throw the ball down the field. And I think that if you can dial those up for him early and give him those opportunities to do that, I don't think he'll force it throughout the course of the game. So dial up some deep shots early, let him get some confidence, let him get comfortable, let him hit an Xavier Worthy or Brennan Thompson or somebody down the field. Um, and I think throughout the course of the game, if he can get those deep shots out early, he'll still take them when he feels like he's there. But I don't feel like he'll feel the need to force them if Sark can, you know, efficiently and effectively dial them up for him early. So I think um, another key for, for Quinn Ewers and, and Steve Sarkeesian to make this marriage work earlier in the season is to dial up those deep passes early. Let him get some confidence. Let him get some moxie throwing those. And I think he'll be more comfortable taking the underneath stuff if he knows that Sark is going to give him plenty of organic opportunities to threaten the defense this year with the deep ball. And really, you just have to get out to leads, right? You have to get out to leads with a young quarterback like Quinn Ewers. I think a lot of times last year when they would lose leads at the end of the game, um, or they would be fighting from behind. That takes B. John Robinson away. Yeah, you can still throw the ball to him, but at some point when you're losing, you have to force the ball downfield, right? And you can't just hand the ball off to B. John Robinson every other play. And so you're kind of as a play caller, Steve Sarkeesian playing with one arm behind your back, but a young quarterback in Quinn Ewers who is going to thrive off of RPOs, bootlegs, and play actions, I believe he's playing with one arm behind his back as well if he can't threaten defenses early on with the threat of B. John Robinson getting the ball. So you can't get into a situation in the third and fourth quarters where you're down two touchdowns or multiple scores, and you have to get away from B. John Robinson running the ball, or you can't run the ball with B. John Robinson because you have to throw, throw, throw uh, to win games or get back in games. And so I think the keys for Steve Sarkeesian to make sure that Quinn Ewers is comfortable as a young quarterback is the threat of B. John Robinson getting the ball, whether that's run pass options, play action passes, and bootlegs. Also dying, dialing up those deep shots early, right, to let him get it out of his system and, and get it out of his system organically because I feel like if Sark doesn't dial up those deep shots for him, he's eventually going to start forcing them throughout the game, and I'd rather Sark dial them up for him um, and then be very methodical on how they take shots, especially earlier in the season when Quinn Ewers is going to have a lot uh, to deal with as a young first-time quarterback in college. And then also get out to leads early and control how you call plays throughout the remainder of the game. It cannot be a situation where it was last year, where in the second half and fourth quarters of games, teams were able to take B. John Robinson out of the game and make Casey Thompson or Hudson Carr beat them. I think that Quinn Ewers, if asked to, definitely can beat teams, but you don't want to ask him to do that at this point in his career. B. John Robinson is still the best player on this football team. And as I've mentioned for the last 11 minutes, to make Quinn Ewers comfortable, everything needs to run through B. John Robinson until he gets to that point. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet online where the game starts. 
So when you look at the schedule, it's 12 games, and it's easy to break that down into three-game increments. And I did a show with Texas Football Talk. If you haven't gone and subscribed to Texas Football Talk on YouTube, make sure you do that. They are on the quest to get 4K, um, I believe, by the start of the season, and then 5K by the Red River Rivalry. So make sure y'all go uh, support friends of the show, Texas Football Talk on YouTube, and help them get reach their channel goals as well as helping Lockdown Longhorns get to 2,000 subscribers. I'm going to plug that again. When I look at the schedule, it sets up very interestingly in three game sets. And there's some really big, big 12 games that I think are going to be key uh, for Quinn Ewers development this year just to see where he's at. You know, I think that uh, the jury is still out on Quinn with him being a young quarterback. And a lot of people are anxious to see what he's able to do this year. But I think that Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian have to validate the decision by going with Quinn Ewers at some point this year. Right. And so when I look at the first three games, Louisiana Monroe, Alabama, and UTSA. I don't necessarily think these games are the most important because I think whether Quinn Ewers or Hudson Carr was the starter, your likely record after these three games was two and one, right? Hudson Card or Quinn Ewers, neither one of those quarterbacks should lose to Louisiana Monroe. On the same token, I'm not expecting either quarterback Quinn Ewers or Hudson Card to go out there and beat Alabama, which is the number one team in the nation and will be the number one team in the nation coming into DKR on September 10th in Austin, Texas. And then while UTSA is a good team, I think it's a sneaky team. I don't think either quarterback would have, have or should have lost that game. Now, I think that the UTSA game is going to be interesting for a young quarterback in Quinn Ewers who likely is going to take his lumps. Um, although he's going to have some splash plays against Alabama, he's likely going to take his lumps in that game as well. So how he comes back and responds to adversity, which has been the theme of the team this season, Sark says, uh, but how Quinn Ewers responds in that UTSA game um, is going to be great to see how he deals with adversity and bounces back from an early, likely tough game in his career. Uh, but for the most part, those first three games, it'll be interesting to see how he is developed after those three. But I don't think those are going to tell me much because, like I said, I believe that the football team would have looked largely the same whether Hudson Carter, Quinn Ewers started those three games. Now you may have either the toughest or the, the second toughest set of three games on your schedule. You have your first true road game because ULM, Alabama, and UTSA are all going to be in Austin, Texas. You have your first true road game at Texas Tech in Lubbock, right, which is a very tough environment. I don't think that that's a game that Texas should lose, but it's a very tough environment. It'll be interesting to see how Quinn Ewers responds to his first real road conference Big 12 environment and those fans in Lubbock, they can get a little nasty. Right. So how does he respond to that? Does he come out and play loose or does the crowd get to him and is he shaky early? Does he respond to that or is he shaky the whole game and never really adjust to that first real road environment? So the Texas Tech game is going to be a big game for him. A West Virginia game. I have that as a really tough game because I think that that game has some shootout potential. And I think that West Virginia is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. It's also the game before Oklahoma. So that's naturally a trap game, right? Especially what happened with Oklahoma and Oklahoma just being the biggest game on your schedule every year. You might look past uh, a West Virginia in hopes of getting to Oklahoma. And that might be the wrong thing to do. JT Daniels, although dealt with some injury concerns, is a really talented quarterback, Graham Harrell. Um, is, is running that air raid up there. And I think they're going to be fairly explosive, right? And that could be a game where um, Quinn Ewers could be involved in a shootout. So I think we're going to learn a lot about Quinn Ewers in that West Virginia game as well. 
I don't think West Virginia has enough talent to win that game. I think that Texas should win it. But it's going to be a very interesting game and a game that if you're not 100% locked into, you definitely could go out there and lose or it could be too close for comfort, right? So I'm really interested to see how he looks in that Texas Tech and in that West Virginia game and then ultimately the Red River rivalry, right? Quinn Ewers versus Dylan Gabriel. That's the matchup we've been talking about all offseason. But this team has to get revenge for what they for what Oklahoma, what they let Oklahoma do to them last year, I should say. And so at this point, this will be sixth Quinn Ewers sixth college game, right? It's the biggest game of the season in conference play and, and really the biggest game for Texas every year. How does he look in the Red River rivalry? Because I don't think that Sark can afford to start off 0-2 in the Red River rivalry. I mean, he won't lose his job because of it, but I, you don't want to start off 0-2 in the Red River rivalry. And you also don't want to lose to Brent Venables in the first Sarkeesian-Venables matchup in the Red River rivalry, which we're hoping uh, is here to stay for a long time, not only in the Big 12 and the SEC. So how uh, Quinn Ewers, who should have five games of development under his belt at that point, looks in the Oklahoma game is going to be really telling for me. After that, you have Iowa State. Um, that's a home game. I think that should be an easy win. But after that, you have your two toughest road games on the schedule, and they're back-to-back. Oklahoma State, who was the runner-up to, to the Big 12 champions last year. We know that Mike Gundy, um, although he's never really gotten his team over the top, is one of the most consistent coaches in college football. Once again, this was a 10-win team last year um, who's returning the most experienced quarterback probably uh, in the Big 12, unless you count maybe Adrian Martinez um, from his time in the Big 10 and then now in the Big 12. Um and this is a team that's been better on defense as of late, and they're going to run the ball, and I think they're going to be sound defensively, and they do have an experienced quarterback. And that's always a tough place to play in Stillwater, uh, Oklahoma. And then you have to backdoor that next week. And this is kind of the sexy team, Kansas State, right? But you have to go to a tough environment in Manhattan, Kansas. You have to you know, play one of the, the most explosive players in the country in Deuce Vaughn. You can say what you want about Adrian Martinez, but I definitely think he gives – that offense, uh, a run game threat at the quarterback position who also can throw the ball if need be. So um, two really tough road games, your two toughest road games of the year. And up until that point, you only have one true road game, which is Texas Tech. So how does Quinn Ewers, who will still be a young quarterback at that point, albeit he'll be more than half of a season into his first season, how does he deal with his two toughest road games of the season in Oklahoma State and Kansas State? And I think those are going to be the two biggest games that determine whether this is a nine plus win team or is it an eight or less win team? Because I, these are two games I've predicted Texas to win, although they're going to be really tough, but these are also two games that Texas could easily split or lose both of them. If Quinn Ewers hasn't shown the development we've liked at that point, or there are other facets of the football team that are not up to the speed that we thought they would have been at that point. So I think Quinn Ewers' arm is going to be really key to winning two games who are likely going to decide if you're in the Big 12 championship game or not. Like I said, I picked Texas to win both of these games. I think Quinn Ewers will be one, be showcasing the talent that makes him one of the most ta uh, talented quarterbacks in the country at this point. I also think he'll be really comfortable in Sark's offense and barring injuries. It'll be a well-oiled machine by this point. But these are also two games that could have you at the end of the season looking up like, man, we didn't achieve what we wanted. And so I think Quinn Ewers is going to have to be great in that Oklahoma State and that Kansas State game. And they're really going to show where he is in his development, with those being the two toughest road games on the schedule. And then you end the season with TCU, Kansas, and Baylor. I think TCU and Kansas you should beat. You better beat, <laughs> at least. Um, and then Baylor is probably your toughest conference game. You're returning 
uh, Big 12 champions. They are deep on the offensive and defensive lines. And we know that Dave Aranda is a hell of a defensive coach. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Quinn Ewers looks in that game. But that will be the last game of the regular season. And I think by that point, you should start to see why Quinn Ewers, why everybody raved about the talent, why he was the number one prospect in his class, and then why ultimately Steve Sarkeesian made the decision to make him the starter. Because like he said, he feels like he can open up more of the playback playbook with Quinn Ewers. He's just a natural playmaker, and he has natural passing ability, the type of playmaking and passing ability that elevates the ceiling of your football team to conference championships. It might be after Quinn Ewers leaves, but it puts your program in a position to compete for national championships. A quick word from the Longhorn real estate team, and then we're going to talk about Byron Murphy, who was my breakout candidate for this year and is going to be one of the biggest keys in determining what this Texas defense is able to do after a tough season last year. Dwell in Austin and Hill Country mortgages have combined to make your Longhorn real estate team. In a changing, more complex market, you need to work with the top professionals in Austin. Our data and information-driven approach gives our clients a significant advantage. Decades of experience in all market conditions makes us able to achieve the best results for our clients. Our clients for years have outperformed the market, leveraging our proprietary research, information, and expertise, which is now more important than ever. Once again, Dwell in Austin and Hill Country Mortgages have combined to make the Longhorn Real Estate Team. For all your real estate needs, make sure you visit www.longhornrealestateteam.com. So I did a Twitter space back and I believe this would have been April because this is when spring practices were still going on. And I was doing a Q&A and somebody asked me, who do you think is a player we're not hearing about a lot? Or is that going to surprise a people, surprise a lot of people this season? And my first answer without hesitation was Byron Murphy based on everything we had heard about in the spring. And also, this is a player that only started one game last year. But I think the team lead in sacks was two and a half, and he had two. So he was right up there. Um, and he was a really uh, explosive and disruptive playmaker. And from all accounts, he had a really good spring, really strong summer, and that's carried over into the fall. Enough to where Keandre Coburn came out and said Byron Murphy might be the best player on this defense. Not to mention Sark, I believe, over the summer and his media availability just came out and straight said it. Byron Murphy is a dog. And from inside Texas, Murphy has been the most consistent performer in the interior throughout camp. Strong hands, never stops moving his feet, low man advantage. He should flush the pocket quite a bit this year, and that is why he's projected to be your starting nose tackle going into the season or when you're starting interior defensive lineman. Now get this, in three games last year, against Iowa State, Kansas, and West Virginia. This was a three-game stretch. He had nine quarterback pressures, a 16% pressure rate, and one-and-a-half sacks. And what we've heard so much about a lot of really talented players on this defensive line is consistency or lack thereof. And I think that's the last thing you have to worry about with Byron Murphy. We know that he's a workout warrior. He's probably one of the strongest players on the team. But they talk about his motor, his nastiness, and you just can't consistently block him one-on-one. -on -one. And he brings it on every play and on every rip. So in a three-game stretch, he had nine quarterback pressures, a 16% pressure rate, and one-and-a-half sacks. 
I believe Byron Murphy is perfectly capable of continuing that consistency that he had in those three games over an entire season stretch. And if he does that, he'll not only be one of the best players on this defense, a huge reason why this rush defense and this pass defense will be much improved. But I think he'll also be one of the best defensive linemen in the country. Not to mention, this is his first full offseason. This was a true freshman last year that didn't enroll until June of the summer. And the season started three months later. Now he's had a full college football season, winter workouts, spring ball, summer, and a fall camp to get ready for the season. I'm expecting big things from Byron Murphy. And as most people said, they think that this Texas team can be good in 2022. But it really starts with the talent and the development that we should see in the 2023 season, we've talked about players like Quinn Ewers coming back next year, Xavier Worthy coming back next year. Byron Murphy will be back next year as well. But I think this year he starts cementing himself as one of the best defensive linemen in the country, definitely on this Texas football team. And I think next year he comes into the season as one of the best defensive linemen in the country, guaranteed. Thank you. For another, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, your daily number one source for all things Texas athletics. Make sure you go subscribe to Texas Football Talk, get them to 4K, and make sure you go to subscribe to Locked On Longhorns if you haven't yet, and get us to 2K. Hook them.